Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for being God and God all by yourself. God, we thank you for bringing us together this morning. We believe and we know that there is a word from you that will flow directly from your lips to our hearts. We come hungry this morning. God, we come ready to receive whatever it is that you have for us. We come right now um, coming against any type of distraction, anything that will try to snatch our focus from you. And we focus on heaven. We focus, God, on this moment. We focus on your word. We focus, God, on getting the edification and the confirmation and the revelation and whatever it is that you have for us today, we focus on receiving exactly what that is. Father, we're not going to wait until the word is preached, but we have faith enough to thank you in advance. We have faith enough to say hallelujah in advance. We know, Lord God, that this will be a rhema word. We know, Lord, that the Logos word will be preached. Uh, Lord God, we know that this will be a word for our lives. And so we say thank you in advance. And we count it done in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Amen. A to the men. Amen. All right, so um, we all know that at the top of the year, God sent word to us that our theme for 2021 is the year of, what y'all, the disciplined. The year of the disciplined. And so we started out the year in what we called discipline training with Coach Joe. Y'all remember him? In our time of discipline training, we had four training sessions, if you will. The first being titled, Pick Your Pain. That was part one, Pick Your Pain. Somebody say, Pick Your Pain. The next training session was titled, No More Righteous Renegades. The third training session was titled, The Power of Choice. And then the fourth training session, Feelings are not a foundation. Yeah, feelings, y'all remember that one, are not a foundation. We learned that there are many things, they're, they're valid, they're to be, you know, discovered and things like that. But one thing they're not is a foundation. Don't you dare build anything off of feelings. And so today, I'm coming to you with another word that falls under the umbrella of discipline, our 2021 theme. Uh, today's message probably, definitely can be considered a training session of sorts also. 
And I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm Coach Joe, and this is Discipline Training, Part 5. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Let's cut to the chase. I had to cut to the chase, Brother Chase. Listen, is this all right with anybody? It's Discipline Training, Part 5. Mm-hmm. In case you thought we were finished. And Part 5's title is this, because I know you're taking notes. Disciplined in Distraction. Disciplined in distraction. Somebody say disciplined in distraction. I know it's early, but if you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> but no worries, this is going to be a good one. Has anybody ever been distracted? Have you? By a show of hands. Anybody ever been distracted? On live, let me know. Anybody ever been distracted? I want to make sure I'm preaching to the right group of people. All right? Sister Nikki said, I've been distracted. I know for a fact that distraction is not foreign to any of us. I have personally seen distraction in infants especially nosy, I mean inquisitive ones. We are introduced to distraction early in life. If you've ever been in an elementary school classroom, I'm sure you've been distracted. Or maybe, depending on the situation, you were the distraction. <laughs> Not any of us in here on the live, of course. Truth be told, some of you are distracted right now. Close out that Instagram. We're streaming from Facebook Live. That text box shouldn't be open either. Who you texted? Who are you talking to while God is trying to talk to you? Closes that. Somebody say distracted. Mm-hmm. Your distracted self. If the truth were told, some of us live distracted lives. Some of us are distracted, watch this, on purpose. On purpose. Distracted on purpose. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I'll tell you what I mean. We're distracted on purpose because we have befriended our old buddy distraction. Why have we befriended distraction? Oh, you know, as a coping mechanism. Instead of dealing with the realities of what is our lives and some of the difficult spaces we may find ourselves having to navigate. That's what I mean. You know, I'm talking about when we don't want to face the music. Whatever the music of our lives may be, we put something or someone else in our ear to serve as a distraction. but I'm going to leave that alone. The thing about being distracted is that when you're done being distracted, you still have to do what you had to do. <laughs> when you're done being distracted, you still have to do whatever it is that you had to do. 
It's just now you're so much further behind. Is this helping anybody yet? In fact, distraction has caused some of us to have to repeat seasons. Say that again. In fact, distraction has caused some of us to have to repeat seasons. And I'm not talking about your favorite show that you like to binge watch. And some, sometimes, you know, you go back and you watch it again. No, I'm not talking about that. No, you know that student who had to repeat a grade? It's not always that they didn't have the brains to move on with everybody else. It could be that they just so happened to have spent a lot of instructional time distracted. Mm -hmm. Same with us as believers. A lot of us are finding ourselves having to repeat seasons and be retaught lessons, not because we don't know the material. <laughs> Come on, I wish I had a witness. Not because we don't have all the tools necessary to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not because we are inadequate or underdeveloped, but simply because we have a distractive pattern that has been detrimental to our spiritual promotion. We have a distractive pattern that has been detrimental to our spiritual promotion. It's nothing worse than having to sit out and not being able to participate in a promotional exercise. Now, wishing you would have paid attention instead of paying the price of regret and regression. There's a word on today. There's a word today, and this word is important. I know it is. Yeah, this word is important. If you, if you didn't plan on tuning in, I hope I changed your mind, and I hope that you're tuned in now because this word is for you, whoever you are. And this word is important because I can't tell you, for example, how many people I've talked to this week who are working through situations that they are in as a result of simply being distracted. The confirmation of the need for this word came pouring in in ways like Elder Jashelle sharing on Friday that she's been hearing the word focus since Wednesday. And then I woke up on Saturday morning and my devotional's title was on the screen, biggest day, focus. God, maybe God is trying to tell us something. This is a right now word, y'all, especially because the enemy of your soul is out to distract your discipline. The enemy of your soul is out to distract your discipline. Uh, let's be reminded of our theme scripture. Let's, let's go to Hebrews 12, 11. And I don't plan to be before you long. This topic ain't that deep. It's heavy, but it's not deep. Okay, so Hebrews 12, 11, we're going to take a look at it in the English Standard Version, which is one of the versions that we took a look at it in earlier in the series. That's Hebrews 12, 11, 
in the ESV, and it says this. It says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, somebody say later. It what? Yields. And we know about that. If you don't, go ahead and watch the prior parts of the series. The peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Okay? Let's look at the same scripture in the Amplified so we can be blessed by the brackets. In the Amplified, it says this. It says, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, somebody say afterwards, it does what? It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. The enemy, the enemy said, uh, if I can just distract them from the yield. <laughs> the peaceful fruit of righteousness and being blessed in the brackets, right standing with God and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. I have another scripture for you today. It's found in Psalms 17. 1 through 5, the Amplified Classic Edition really blesses me with the brackets. It says, my steps have held closely to your paths. And then in the brackets it says this, to the tracks of the one who has gone on before. My feet have not slipped. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say disciplined in distraction. I want to take a look at the etymology of the word. Let's break down the word distraction. So we all know much about the word discipline. And if we don't, then we definitely need to go back and watch parts one through four. <laughs> and the intro that was given on New Year's Eve. And I promise after that, you'll be well-versed on discipline and what it means, okay? So this word that we have already established is a familiar word to all of us, discipline. If we take a closer look at it, we quite easily can identify that it is a three-part word. We've discussed prefixes and suffixes before, right? And this word actually has both a prefix and a suffix. The prefix is the first three letters, dis, D-I-S. Y'all with me? The suffix is at the end, the last three letters, I-O-N. Sandwiching the root word, and the root word is tract, T-R-A-C-T. -T. Do I have a classroom? Anybody ever heard of the word track before? Okay. So we'll start here at the root word to find its meaning. The root word tract comes from a Latin word tractus, meaning track, course, space, duration. Okay. The suffix, somebody say suffix, I-O-N means state, condition, or action. That's a familiar one, right? So now we put the root word together with the suffix, and we have traction. 
which is defined as a drawing or pulling. With me? The action of drawing or pulling something over a surface, especially a road or track. Another word for traction is grip. Mm-hmm. Grip. Somebody say grip. All right? And the prefix dis, D-I-S, is to do the opposite of. All right? The definition is preaching even before. All right? So we have distraction. So what I'm saying to you here today is the enemy is trying to interrupt your track. Your course, your space, and your duration. The enemy is trying to get you to lose your grip. God, see, God has a beautiful plan to continue to draw you in and to pull you in to his plan and his purposes and to his power. And the enemy is out to do the opposite. He wants to diss you. <laughs> He's trying to execute his plan to draw you out and to pull you away and to tear you apart from the things of God. I take one step forward and two steps back. That ain't Bible. That's not God's plan. Sometimes that can be the case because it's attributed to many things, but one of them is successful distraction. Yeah? You were once on course. <laughs> But the enemy has somehow caused you to lose your grip. Anybody ever been there? Can you be honest today? Can you be transparent? I've been there. Uh-huh. But how many of you aren't about that this year? <laughs> I ain't about that life this year. How many of you are tired of that being your story? Come on, somebody. And tired of the same old sad song. How many of you are holding on for dear life this year? The ride may get bumpy. It may have some twists and some unexpected turns. I may look and I'm upside down and twisted all around but I'm holding on this year <laughs> devil you got me before no matter what it looks like no matter what it feels like no matter what it seems like I'm not gonna let the devil make me lose my grip hallelujah Jesus somebody ought to give God praise I won't let go until you bless my soul. I won't let go until I see the manifestation of the promise. Somebody say, I'm yet holding on. In spite of my pain, I'm holding on. Come on, somebody. In spite of my tears, I'm holding on. Come on now. In spite of my afflictions, I'm holding on. Psalm 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Anybody holding on? Is anybody's mindset that I'm going to keep moving, and I'm going to keep trucking, and I'm going to keep tracking that I will be disciplined even when presented with distraction. Sometimes you got to tell yourself, I'm holding on. You're not saying that to anybody else. Sometimes you got to say that to yourself when you feel like letting go up. Oh, I'm holding on. When it gets hard and when you want to look back up. Oh, 
I'm holding on when you're crying tears at night, when you're going through something that nobody has any idea. I'm holding on. I'm holding on to your promise, God. I'm holding on to your provision. I'm holding on to your plan. It don't feel good. It feels like my hands are sore and they're blistering, but I know you can heal them on the other side. I'm holding on. Yeah, I'm holding on. Come on, can we just take a moment and give them an I holding on praise? Give them an I'm holding I'm holding on. God, I thank you for the ability to hold on. I thank you, God, for the ability to not lose my grip. I thank you that this year, 2021, the year of the discipline, I'm yet holding. Jesus hallelujah I believe I have a witness up in here Woo. Woo. Yeah. yes Lord yes Lord I'm yet I'm yet in spite of in the face of <laughs> I'm holding on Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so watch this. Uh, Psalm 17, 1 through 5. Let's look at that again right quick. Again, the Amplified Classic Edition says this. It says, my steps have held closely to your paths, to the tracks of the one who has gone on before. My feet have not slipped. I know I've extracted one verse, and so the contextual consideration of the text is this. This is a Psalm of David, and he's crying out to God, essentially pleading his case as he seeks protection from his oppressors. He says, God, I need you, God. I, I need you to protect me. I, I've been doing this, and I, I'm not perfect, but I've been doing that, and, and, and my steps, I've, I've held closely to your paths. I've held closely to the tracks of the one who has gone before, and my feet have not slipped. Anybody want that to be their testimony? That my feet did not slip. Yeah, 2020. Listen, I, I, I don't want to hear about 2020. I don't want to hear about before. What I'm telling you is 2021. My feet have not slipped. Sounds like grip to me. Sounds like, listen, tell somebody, get a grip. Yeah, that's that footing that we're talking about. You know, it's been snowing lately. And when you have a toddler, then that means that this is the most snow they've ever seen because it hasn't been snowing in the last few years for real. And so we've been seeing snow. Uh, I saw on, on, the, on the app it's like 100% something going on Monday. Uh, is that Monday? Yeah, yeah. And so we, we know, I mean, the car's all dirty. Jet ain't never been this dirty a day. <laughs> car's all dirty and, 
you know, rolling over humps and mounds of snow. You got to be careful not to fall and slip, you know, down driveways and, and parking lots and stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking Am I the only one who sl slipped and fell? I slipped and fell two weeks ago, but ain't nobody asked you that. Praise One trick of the trade. Can I bless you with a trick of the trade? You might already know it. But one trick to not falling is to walk in the tracks of somebody. Have you ever done that? Have you ever seen, well, this is some uncharted territory right here, but I've seen that somebody obviously has successfully went this away. And if nothing else, the prints that they made will cause traction. And my <laughs> it, are we okay with walking in the tracks of one who has gone before us so that we may not lose our grip? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God gave me that one for free at the last minute. You better praise him. So now I get to looking for the tracks, okay? Because the tracks means traction. It means, you know what? I have a better chance at not slipping. As David talked about, I have a better chance at my testimony being my feet have not slipped. Maybe that's some of our problems. Some of us, we always... We always want to make the way on our own. We want to be able to say, you know, that we did it and we were the first. I don't got to be the first. As long as I do the best for me, I'm successful. I'm not more successful because I've gone before. I'm, I'm, I'm the third. But if you know me, then you know that I think I'm the best for me. I don't think, and I don't want for four to think that I'm better because I'm third and he's fourth. No, 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 no. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That just means that I, I got some lineage and some legacy that has gone before and lessened my chance of losing my grip and lessened my, come on, somebody give them attraction praise. You better take advantage of the path that has been made before you. I don't care who did it already. I don't care who said it already. I don't care who started that business already. I don't care who preached the word from that passage of scripture already. You go forth and don't you dare lose Hallelujah. I don't need to make a new way where there's already been a way. What if I wasn't called to put those prints in the snow? What if I'm not graced for that? But what if my grace is to follow along and to let you know how to not slip and fall? Because some of us, we want to be first. But listen, remember, you're going to live to see it happen. 
that means that something has happened before. Somebody has gone. Why don't you be okay with the grace that's on your life for the dispensation of time that God has put you in? <laughs> okay, let me move on. Because you want to be the first. You want to make history. And while you're making history, I'm going to make God pleased. Because I know it's Black History Month, but some of the people that we read about in history gone straight to hell. What, I mean, you know, they, they, they made something on earth, but they didn't make their way to heaven. I want to hear him say, well done. I don't want to. I mean, the history books are good, but the Lamb's Book of Life is better. All right. Hallelujah. How do we get there? All right. And so the Hebrew word for paths literally means wheel tracks. <laughs> it means wheel tracks. A track is something that has been, been prepared and been prepaved. Okay. And so Holy Spirit, because you do know he's the God who goes before. You do know that, right? I, listen, I pray before I go into territories that I've never been. God, I thank you that you've already gone in to make ways for me. You've already gone into that meeting. You've already gone into that interview. You've already gone into that place. And so now it's a prepared place. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit has gone before you and prepared the way for you. There's a prepared place. Come on, somebody. And the enemy is out to get you to never see what some of you in the spirit have already seen. But it's a promised place. Thank you, Jesus. And the devil doesn't want you to see it. But I serve notice to the enemy that we are waging war on his kingdom like never before in 2021. And the weapons of our warfare are not but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Further, we refute any proud and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In as much as being true, we secure our victory and we shall inherit by birthright every promise with our name on it, every piece of provision that has been assigned to us, and every ounce of triumph that is ours to claim. In case you forgot we're going to live to see it happen thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph somebody ought to make a triumphant sound of praise right quick come on just right quick not nothing too long just take about 30 seconds and make some triumphant noise I only want the victors if you're okay with losing and if you're okay with slipping and if you're okay with falling, then go ahead and keep quiet. This one is for the victors. This one is for the triumphant. This one is for the grip. Come on, somebody. Give it praise.
Yes, Lord. Come on. I receive. Yes, Lord. All right, so before I take my seat, let's talk practicality and how we can use this word in our lives right quick. Okay? Um, Well, I'm going to start and end with some good news. And the good news is this. If you find yourself getting met with distractions, that means you're on track. (laughs) There's no need, nor is there a way to distract somebody who's not on track. So congratulations. Uh huh. The enemy is trying to thank you, get you to lose your grip, but that means that you at least have a grip established. <laughs> you know where to grip. Uh, so the first thing I want to do is congratulate you. Mm-hmm. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. The enemy's on your heels. Woo! Congratulations. You must have jumped ship. Not a part of his kingdom no more, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Now, the second thing I want to do is urge you, elder, to stay focused. Yeah, I said I want to urge you to stay focused. In this season of being trained by discipline, it is imperative and vital that we are fueled by focus, all right? We've got to be fueled by focus. That means you should write it down. If I said it's imperative and vital, (laughs) then you should write that down. We've got to be fueled by focus. What are you looking at? Hmm? Ask your neighbor, what you looking at? What you looking at? Uh Uh-huh. Now, listen, don't have no flashback now about about the fight. I ain't. Hold on. Calm down. What you looking at? Listen to this. If the enemy can get you to start looking at something else, you'll start going in the direction of what you set your sights on. I think I might need to say that one again. If the enemy can get you to start looking at something else, what's something else? Something other than what God would have you looking at. You'll start going in the direction of what you set your sights on. What are you looking at? I told you a story before where I was driving on the beltway and I was very frustrated because there was this car. And am I the only one? It seems like when you got to get somewhere. That's when... All the snail mobiles decide to get in front of you. Yeah? I'm glad I'm not by myself. I got a witness, right? Facebook Live, do I have a witness? Anybody ever been trying to get to where you're trying to get to? And it seems like the enemy himself has taken over the driver in the car in front of you. Now, that ain't no traction now. That ain't, that ain't no grip. And so the first thing I begin to do is to figure out which lane I'm getting in, because it's not this one. 
And so I begin, true story, I'm driving, and so I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to see about getting over in the next lane. And so I'm looking to see how much space I have, and I'm looking in the rear view to see what I got coming next. And then I realize, Joseph, you better get yourself together because you're driving for a lane that you're not in. And you almost hit the snail mobile, God bless him. You almost hit him from behind because you're looking more at where you want to be than where you are. And so you're driving for a lane that you're not in and potentially crashing and burning in the one you actually are in. Don't let that be the story of your life. And the reason was, it wasn't because I just wanted to be there. It wasn't because I was frustrated with the snailmobile. It was because literally I had my eyes fixed on that next lane. What are you looking at? I mean, my car has started to swerve. My, I mean, it's almost like I was in between lanes because I was literally, without cognizance, I was literally drifting over to what I was looking at. And if the enemy can get you to start looking at something else, you'll start going in the direction of what you've been setting your sights on. Listen. If he can get you to look at the wrong thing long enough, he would have gotten you to create a new vision board for your life and you not even realize it. Forget what you pasted and cut out and glued at the top of this year because your eyes are glued on something else. Yeah? Be careful what he coerces you into looking at. Because see, the devil knows what you like. And he knows what you want. And he knows who you like. And he knows who you want. And so we've got to be careful what we're looking at. Yeah? Accountability partners. We've got to start checking each other and helping each other out. About, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you looking at? And so write this down. The gateways of distraction are these, your eyes and your ears. The gateways of distraction are your eyes and your ears. Check this out. The enemy would love to use what looks good and what sounds good. And some of us can be so godly gullible <laughs> that we just go along with it. Same trick. Listen, if, you, if you've ever been shopping, back when we used to could try stuff on, y'all remember those days? Where we didn't have to guesstimate and hold stuff up and wrap it around and pray and get home and try it and it might fit, it might not. Haven't tried nothing on since about this time last year. And you see it on the mannequins. And that thing is looking right. Oh, I know that's going to look good on me. And then you go and you try it on. 
and that thing is looking wrong. And in some cases, all types are wrong. Because everything that looks good to you is not good for you. And everything that looks good on something or someone else won't look good on you, beloved. Let me help you. Whatever the enemy is showing you is on the mannequin of your mind. PSA, don't try it on. One of my favorite memes, y'all seen it, the Merle Street, where he's in the audience like this. Listen, don't try it on. Don't try it on. It doesn't fit you. It doesn't fit your beliefs. It doesn't fit your faith. It doesn't fit your purpose. It doesn't fit the vision for your life. It doesn't fit your calling. It doesn't fit your confession. It doesn't fit your assignment. It doesn't fit your promise. It doesn't fit your prepared place. It doesn't fit you. Somebody say, don't try it on. What you looking at? That ain't for you. You got to know what's for you and what's not. Certain, you know, them, them skinny men's departments, I don't even look that way. Because I know it's not for me. <laughs> it won't fit. And I don't need to try it on to know. Matthew 14, 22. Matthew 14, that's right, cry out. Matthew 14, 22 through 23. Let's look at this real quick, and then we're going to keep it moving. It's Matthew 14, 22 through 23. I think we'll look at the NLT um, immediately after this. Okay. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. And this is after feeding the 5,000. And 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. We talked about that a while ago, didn't we? Night fell while he was still, uh, while he was there alone. 24 says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen. And they were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. 3 in the morning. Huh? Just making sure y'all still awake. Verse 26 says, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spake to them at once, don't be afraid. He told them, don't be scared. <laughs> he said, take courage. I am here. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That'll preach right there. Take courage. I am here. I'm going to say it one more time for the person who needed that in this moment and in this fight that they're in right now. Take courage. I am here. And as long as I'm here, this boat ain't going down. <laughs> then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, 
Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Go ahead, Peter. Uh-oh. 30. But when he saw, when he what? What's he looking at when he what? It's when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Okay, let me get this straight. So you mean to tell me, so in 29, well, 28, he said, bid me to come. 29, Jesus said, okay, sure, come. So then in 29, we see that Peter went on the other side of the boat, and he walked on the water toward Jesus. And now we see that he's beginning to sink, and now he's crying out, save me, Lord. So what is the difference? What happened between verse 29 and clause B of verse 30? What he saw. What he focused on what he fixed his eyes on. Now get this, a few things. So it says that he was terrified. Now mind you, he was terrified at the beginning. There's no way in the world that you should be terrified at the beginning. Jesus presents and proves himself, and now you find yourself still terrified in the place that you were. But that's what happens when you shift your focus. Okay? So watch this. <laughs> It says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? What reason have I given you to doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Another thing I want to point out is that Peter's sinking was not at the hands of the wind and the waves because the wind and the waves never stopped, even when he was focused on Jesus and walking on the water. So guess what? Your problem is not what you're going through. Guess what? You're not sinking because of the storm. Because we can get the blame of that storm now. Don't you see the wind? Why are you sinking? Don't you see the winds? Don't you see the waves? Yeah, but I also see Jesus, so what's up? Huh? Yeah, and so quit it with talking about the winds and the waves that you find yourself in. They're nothing to the Jesus who's called you out on the water. And you're not in the position you're in. This is why we wonder, how do people go to church and not change? How come some people go to Wapsi and thrive, and some people go to Wapsi and you can't even tell? Oh, I can tell you. It's because of their focus. Jesus himself can speak to you, and you'll still drown if you lose focus. So me speaking to you, (laughs) 
See, I, some, I hope there's some pastors watching because some pastors need to be freed. Because I remember back when I used to try to measure my success off of what's going on with the people. <laughs> Not no more. Because I realized that some will, some won't. Some do, some don't. But as long as I've preached the word that God has given me, listen, change is available. But it's up to you. Because people die and go to hell don't mean that Jesus isn't Savior. Huh? Yeah. People die and go to hell. He can't be Savior. Oh, he is. But you got to choose him. And so God bless you. I wish, just like Jesus, that, that none would perish. But I'm smart enough to know that some still will. But I'm fulfilled in my assignment. Amen? And so it wasn't a matter of the wind and the waves. It was a matter of them or of Peter becoming um, focused in the presence of Jesus, but focused on something else. What I do love, too, and we'll talk about that in a second, I love how the love of Christ and his mercy is still displayed here. Because Jesus, we see, he came to Peter. Peter, he didn't just let him, you know, sink and, and then just let him drown. It says in 31, after Peter shouted, save me, Lord. And that's where some of us are today. We're in a save me, Lord space. Where we've been exposed to Jesus in a great way. He show, we've asked him to, to show us his power, and he's done just that. And we've still found ourselves sinking because of our focus. Guess what? It's okay. And I'm going to prove to you why it's okay in a few. But check this out. Right now it's okay because Jesus still heard the cry of the one who doubted him. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news for somebody. Because you've been swimming in a sea of doubt. And you've begun to sink in a sea of doubt. And the enemy wants you to believe you might as well keep on sinking and drown and die. But if you cry out to Jesus, he'll still come unto you. He'll still save you. He'll still rescue you. Yeah, he's going to tell you about yourself. You have so little faith. While he's getting you out the water, he, listen, you're putting the towel on you and everything. Listen, what's wrong with you? You're going to be reprimanded, but you're going to be rescued. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I am. Listen, that's how, people, that's, listen, friends, I, I, I don't particularly have many. And the reason is because that's my philosophy. I'm going to rescue you, but I'm going to reprimand you too because there's no sense in sinking again. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while I'm drying off your face, you're going to get a word. Yeah? Amen. Oh, it's going to be all right. Now, next time. <laughs> yeah? 
If somebody just, you know, nurses you back to health and don't give you that, that's not a friend. That's a nurse. Yeah? A nurse is just doing their job. They don't have any personal relationship with you. They care about to what they're assigned to, and then they move on to the next. But when you have a friend, they'll nurse you back to health and get you together. That's the type of friend that I need. Amen? Matthew 16, 13 through 19. And I planned on this being short, but if you have a problem with it, take it up with Holy Spirit. Amen? <laughs> now let me show you my man Pete. Yeah? In 13... Let's look at how Pete, by, by 16, he had it together. In 14, he was sinking. But in 16, there's some good news concerning Pete. Verse 13 says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, and this is the King James, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Okay, what, what, what are you listening to? What are they saying? Who has your ear? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, okay, that's cool, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou Simon Barjona. His last name ain't Bar-Jonah. Bar means son of. For flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Yeah? A lot of us want the verse 19. But do we know how to describe him? And do we know him as verse 16? This scripture is interesting because this scripture, it gives insight on the talk of the town. There's going to be some talk of the town. There's going to be some things that people have to say on social media, on the job, even on some things that are like, I don't know, Christian television networks. You've got to be careful. Because if they're not saying what God is saying, then you need to get them out your ear. It might be close. None of those people that was named are bad people. But close is not Jesus. Amen? So be careful about your eye gates and your ear gates. Because those are the two gateways of distraction. Okay? Remember, everything that looks good. Is not good for you. There's a difference from what is good and sound and what just sounds good. 
And every good thing is not a God thing. In the year 2021, the year that God has given as the year of the discipline, the last thing you want is a distracted discipline. And so I told you I'm going to start and end with good news. I'm ending with another word of good news. And that good news is that God specializes in retracting. Write that down. God specializes, yeah, in retracting. You can help me out, Brother Dre. He into the word, praise God. Some of us, some of us have heard the word retract, and we've seen it used in a negative light, right? When you hear retract, you don't, you don't think nothing good. But linguistically, it literally means to draw something back, to revoke, and to take back. Well, what if I told you that God wants to retract you? You've been distracted, but God wants to retract you. He wants to reestablish your grip. He wants to reestablish your footing. He wants to retrack you, and he wants to take you back. Hallelujah. He wants to draw you back into him and into his plan for your life, into his purpose for your life, and into his power for your life. I believe that there's somebody whose testimony is, I'm only here today. Because we serve a God who will retract you. Is that anybody's testimony? Did he pull you back? Did he draw you back into his plan? Did you get sidetracked? But he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's get back to the get back. And if that has not been your testimony and you find yourselves out on the water sinking, then after today, let's make it our testimony. That I was sinking deep in sin, come on, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. I was sinking to rise no more. But the master, mm, 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 mm. remember we talked about that word. That means that something is about to come that's altogether different than what came before. But the master of the sea. He heard my despairing cry. And from the waters, just like Peter, from the waters, just like old Pete, from the waters, the waters of my doubt, the waters of my sin, the waters of my depression, and the waters of my disobedience, from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Your testimony this year shall be that I didn't lose my grip. That I didn't get off track. And that I'm here today because all in all, God retracted me. Do you have discipline even in distraction? Somebody give God praise.
Come on, somebody give God praise. Somebody give God praise. Somebody give God praise. If this word blessed you at all, come on, thank him for it. Hallelujah. Come on, thank him for the word. Thank him for the word. I know it's a lot. And I admonish you to go back and to watch and to listen again and to go over your notes and to meditate on this thing all week long. Amen? Amen. And so we thank you for watching today, those who have watched on our live stream. Uh, we thank you so much for being a part of what God has done here this morning. We thank you for those who are here in our live studio audience. But listen, before we close out, we don't want to take for granted that everybody is the saved of God. And so if you're here in the room and you want to be saved, you're not sure of your salvation or you're sure that you're not saved and you want to be saved, you don't just want to be a creation of God, but you want to be a child of God. If that's you and you want to become a part of his kingdom today, raise your hand. And if you're watching on the live, then type, I want to be saved. I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you repeat after me, you're the saved of God. The scripture says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That includes you. And he says, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead and you are saved. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you as a sinner in need of your salvation. Come into my heart, cleanse me, renew me, and change my life. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that he's now seated at your right hand, interceding for me. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. If you're watching and that's you, type I am saved so that we can celebrate you. Amen. Listen, we have one more thing, one more appeal, because we don't want to take for granted also that you're in relationship. God has called you to be in relationship with him, but also with your brothers and sisters. He's created uh, the office biblically, the five-fold ministry gift of a pastor, because he wants you to have one. Amen? And so um, if you're here in the room and you would like to become a part of the Word of Prayer Cultural Center family, go ahead and lift your hands so we can celebrate you and welcome you. And if you're watching and that's you, type, I'm part of the family, and we will welcome you in as a part of what God is doing. Aren't you so glad that God has not stopped what he's doing, even in this year, that God has not stopped giving us word, that God has not stopped allowing us to participate in worship? God is good. And if you want to be a part of what God is doing, type, I'm part of the family. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. We thank you for watching, and we'll see you on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. for another amazing, amazing message on self-control. Amen? Give God praise.